Well, if you was not here last weekend, I really encourage you to go online and listen because it was Lostology Part 1. Tonight, I'm going into Lostology Part 2. And if you wasn't here, you have no clue what Lostology is. And so I'm going to dive, do a little review of that. But we're going to dive a little bit further into Lostology tonight uh, because it's perfect timing. Hi, Denise. Perfect timing when it comes to uh, Easter weekend coming up. Uh, e Lostology is, is simply this, the study of the lost. Say that with me, study of the lost. Literally studying those who are lost, separated from God. Studying them. If you do anything good in life, you probably study it. If you study hunting or study mechanics, you study so that you can be successful in it. Well, I think you can study the loss so that we can be very, very successful in being those who God wants to use through us, salt and light. And so it's the study of the lost, and what's more important is God's heart towards the lost. That's vital for you to catch. Lostology is not a technique. It's not a system. If you don't catch the heart of it, you're going to miss it. Because if you don't catch the heart of it, I promise you probably will never do anything with it. Unless you catch the heart of God for the lost, you may never share the gospel. Other than out of the place where you understand where God has saved you from. That would cause you to passionately. But to add to that, to understand God's heart, I think will deposit something in each, of, each one of us in order to put a passion in us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because each one of us, we're on a mission from God, and we're not even the Blues Brothers. We, we, each one of us, you may not know it, but we're on a mission from God, and it's out of Luke 19.10. This is Jesus' mission statement, same one last week, and the same one over 2,000 years ago. For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. I have Don with us tonight, Pastor Don, and he's going to be sharing some of the verses for Would you read that one right there just to yep. kind of warm up your voice? <clears throat> for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's exactly why Jesus came. You may have a hundred reasons why. I want to let you know that he came to seek and save that which was lost. You ain't going to do nothing in the kingdom of God unless he finds you. You're not going to teach the greatest class. You're not going to be the greatest theologian. You're not going to be on the worship team. It all begins with him finding you. And by the way, you didn't find Jesus because Jesus has never been lost. You're the only one that's been lost in this scenario. God has a heart for the lost. And he has a huge love for the lost. And he has allowed a great sacrifice for the lost because he values the lost. And you're going to hear a lot about that next weekend. Paul's in prison in the book of Philippians, where he's writing the book of Philippians to the Philippi. And all of a sudden he said that while he was in jail... It was for the advancement of the gospel. Think about that for a minute. Hmm. If you're in jail, like me, you'd just be whining and crying trying to get out of jail. 
He's in there writing two-thirds of the New Testament and saying this is for the advancement of the gospel. What a perspective and what an amazing attitude. If you've never been in jail, praise God, hallelujah, I'm glad you haven't. But if you have, that's not how I thought. Even if I was in there a couple hours, I wasn't thinking about that. And it's amazing how he was thinking, this is for the advancing of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, I want to share with you, because in our culture, things like this get lost and people get kind of nervous about talking about it. I want you to be very clear that there is two destinations at the end of our lives. There's not a choice. Just like there's male and female, there's only two. Only two. There's only two areas, places that you and I will go at the end of our life. It's called heaven and it's called hell. Mm -hmm. And that's a fact. I don't care if you like it. I don't care if it doesn't give you the fuzzies. It's, it's a fact that there's heaven and there's hell. Heaven is a place of paradise, God's glorious presence, where it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be powerful. No more crying, no more wars, no more pain, none of those things. Forever and forever and forever in eternity. The shortest amount of life that you're going to live is right here on earth. You're going you're gonna to live on earth about this long compared to eternity. Okay? And so it's very important that you make great decisions in this day and time on earth for heaven. The other place is called hell. We don't like to really discuss that a lot because I think, I think Satan really lies to people about hell. He wants to put doubt in your heart that there's a hell. He wants to say everyone universally goes to heaven. All these lies, because he's a liar and he's a father of lies. And if he can cast a shadow of doubt inside of you when it comes to hell, guess what that shadow of doubt is going to do? There will never be an urgency in you at all for people who are heading that way. There'll, there'll be no emergency. There'll be no urgency. It'll be like, well, I don't really know. You know, maybe God is so good and gracious and so loving, no one's ever going to go to hell, and there's a cast, this doubt inside of you. Therefore, there's no urgency or an emergency when it comes for us to sharing the gospel of, of, of Jesus Christ. And that's a, that's a terrible lie. If I was a devil, that's a lie that I, I would want to convince you there was no hell. I would want to convince you that. And he does a very good job at that. I want you to read. I, there, Jesus talked a lot about hell. If you read your Bibles, which if you don't know about hell, it's because you don't read your Bible. I mean, it's flat out. Because Jesus, code red, says a lot about hell. Pastor Don. Mark 9, 43 and 44. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed rather than living, having two hands to go to hell. Go where? To hell. Where? To hell. Okay, thank you. You bet. Into the fire that shall never be quenched. Listen, a fire, it's not like you're going to just all of a sudden just be gone. Mm -mm. All of a sudden you're back to death. I'm talking about your, your spirit, man. You're going to live forever somewhere, and it says the fire is never. Didn't it say never? It shall never be quenched. Never. Go ahead. Where their worm does not die. The and worm does not die. It's forever and ever and mm. ever. And the fire It's not like you're is, just going to be eaten up once and all of a sudden there you're gone. 
You need to feel this so that maybe there's mm-hmm. an urgency. If you're driving down the road and my house is on fire, I hope that you will politely kick in my stinking door and kick in my windows and wake me up and save my family and my dog. I hope you'll do that. But if there's no urgency in you about hell, just, oh, it's it's okay. It's okay. God is so great. God is gracious, but he's holy and he's righteous and he's judge. And you play by his rules and his game. And God's made a way for no one to go to hell through Jesus Christ. He desires none should perish. But you have to line up with his ways. And the fire is not quenched. Not quenched. Matthew 13, 41 and 42. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Wailing and gnashing of Why didn't I listen? Why didn't I listen and say yes to Jesus? So many crazy, unbiblical doctrines about hell when Jesus made it very, very, very clear. Why do you talk about that in Lostology today? Because I think sometimes in our culture, with all the lies floating around, it's important for us to remember the truth of heaven and hell. And the urgency, hopefully, it puts in each one of us, including me, when it comes to people and their eternal destination. Six, Romans 6, 23, would you hit that? For the wages of sin is death. That word death, that word in the Greek itself implies future misery of hell. Go ahead. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And God gives us a gift. Jesus. A gift. He gives us this gift of grace. He gives us the gift of forgiveness. He gives us a gift to have a relationship with the Father. He gives us the gift of eternal life. We receive the gift and then guess what we become? We become those should be those who, sh- who should be carrying that gift to others. It's like in this day and time, I don't know about at your house, but at my house in this day and time, especially after 2022, uh, UPS drops by all the time and FedEx drops by all the time. And, and the United States Post Service comes by my house every day. How about you? Are you, are you with me tonight, Saturday night? It's like you should be a FedEx driver. When it comes to the gospel, you should be a USPS. You should be one who is carrying the mail, not the evictive notice, not, not just some bad jacked up, you know, bills, which they're not jacked up, but you know what I'm saying? You got to pay your bills, but they're not always good news, right? When you had a really cold month and all of a sudden a Vista doubled up and you, you know, my point is, is that, huh? Right? Yeah, my point is, is that we're to be carriers like FedEx, UPS, of some very, very good news 
of the gift. Hey, he's a gift to us, but we have that gift that lives inside of us, and he wants to dispense that gift uh, through you and I, and we could be carriers of these because he seeks and saves those who are lost. Would you repeat that scripture again? Absolutely. Uh, Romans 6.23, for the wages... No, no, no. Luke 10, 19. Oh, 10. sorry. Yeah, oh, you're yeah, good. You're good. Absolutely. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. J.O., you just read that. Yes. I read it again because I hope you memorize it. I hope you will memorize at least the mission statement of Jesus Christ of why he came to seek and save that which was lost. We're going to dive into the Lostology chapter tonight. It's Luke 15. If you have your Bibles, turn there. I'm going to rehearse just a little bit from last week. Some of you were here. Some of you wasn't. But the first part of the parables, there's three parables. Actually, like I said last weekend, there are three rebukes. And there are three rebukes because the Pharisees and the scribes, listen to this. You can be in the same camp with them because they had no heart for the lost. And because they had no heart for the lost, you may not be a Pharisee by trade. You may not be lined up with a scribe. You, you may not be scribe, but you can have the same heart as a Pharisee or a scribe if you don't have a heart for the lost. So Jesus comes out, he just comes out shooting. And he does this because he wants to break through the hardened heart. Jesus never beats down those who are already beaten down. He's close to the brokenhearted. But he will come and mow people down with truth in order to break up hardened ground, rocky soil. He'll, he'll come shooting, firing. And he does this with these three parables when it comes to the Pharisees and the scribes. And the first one is about the lost sheep. Remember that? I'm not going to read it tonight, but the lost sheep. Say that with me, lost sheep. One lost sheep. Shepherd goes and finds it, and the number one reason why the sheep is lost was simply a mistake. Say that with me, number one mistake. He made a mistake, or the shepherd made a mistake. People all around you every day are lost because of either their mistake or mistake of others. They could make a mistake, or maybe their parents made a mistake, or somebody made a mistake. But people get lost because of mistakes. Are you following that? That's the first parable. The next one is the coin. The coin, the, the lady lost this valuable coin in the house. She misplaced it. Say that with me, misplaced. So many times people, because of being misplaced, they're lost. In both of these cases, the sheep and the coin was found. And when that took place, heaven rejoiced. Angels, you want to know really what causes there to be a huge party in heaven. I mean, exploding is when lost people come to know Jesus Christ and the angels in heaven rejoice. The third one was about the prodigal son and he miscalculated. Say that with me, miscalculated. He thought the grass was greener on the other side and he come to realize it wasn't. We're going to actually dive into that one tonight. And we're going to read the scriptures like a lostologist would read the scriptures. Because see, it's my heart to raise a church 
of lostologists, those who have a heart for the lost like God and those who see through the, through the lens of God towards the lost and those who study the lost in order to be able to reach the lost. All lost, every one of these different three parables, they were all lost, but they were lost for different reasons. Always remember, listen to me really good, it's easy to get lost. Yeah. Yeah. Say that with me, easy. easy. Say it with me one more, one more time, easy. easy. It's not because they're stupid. It's not because they're idiots. And it's not because they're far, far, far left. It's because it's easy to get lost. Say that with me one more time. Easy. easy. Not stupid, just lost. Luke 15, 1 says, then all the tax collectors, say that with me, all tax collectors, not just a tax collector, all the tax collectors and the sinners. I love how that separates the two. Okay? It's like tax collectors a whole nother level. And we're going to act like all the tax collectors are far, far left tonight. Not saying I can prove that in the Bible, but I'm making a point tonight for you, with you, for the church. Then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him to hear him. Now, this was my point last week. You got to get this. Would we view those near to Jesus today as our enemies? Would they be your enemy? Is far, far left, those who are far, far left, are they your enemy? Those who ate with Jesus, would you look at them and call them scum and notorious sinners? I'm glad you're saying that. I hope that's true. All tax collectors, let's say they're far, far left. Zacchaeus, Levi, Levi threw a party, and the place was loaded with tax collectors. And Jesus was kicked back in there amongst them, eating with them. Most of the time, you read that Jesus is eating, 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 eating for a purpose. Because when you eat with them in that culture, my understanding is that you forgave them. So all over the place, scum, notorious, that's what some of the translations talk about, scum, notorious sinners. And it looks like Jesus even made disciples out of those. Pharisees and scribes would have been looking down at them in a huge way. And it's so important this day and time. Politics can absolutely polarize us and jack us up and, and be a higher like teaching than the Word of God. And we can't allow that to take place. I need to remind you, like I did last week, who your enemy is. Your enemy is not far, far left. It's not someone you know, attracted to the same sex. It's not any of those things. Satan is your enemy. Let me read the scripture. Don's going to read the scripture. Let this sink in. Let me remind you because our culture has impacted us and your culture teaching and news can impact you more than the word of God. Ephesians 6.12 For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood 
but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Flesh and blood, no matter if they're far right, far left, whatever they may be, independent, maybe they're no political preference, they are not your enemy. If we focus on flesh and blood instead of the true enemy, we will judge people by our flesh and blood. And when you judge people by your flesh and blood, your flesh will be like, yeah, right. Yeah, they are. Go down. Yeah, take them out. Get your guns. And I'm a gun guy. But if you just judge people by the flesh, the Bible says, see no man by the flesh. We have to have eyes of the spirit. Once again, live according to the high law of love that Jesus taught us. Love your, uh-oh, now you're preaching back at me. So we have to be careful with that because you start, it will feed your flesh. You'll be like, yeah, that feels right. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. But you're not walking in the spirit. It is hard. It's easy to view someone different from you as your enemy. They did it with Jesus. Jesus was so magnificent after everyone that looked like he was his enemy. I mean, really looked like his enemy. They had beat him, torn him to pieces, spit on, spit on, thorn a crown, ripped up his clothes. And look what Jesus says right there on the cross. Luke 23, 34a. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. See, here's the thing. They don't know what they do. Is it because they're idiots or stupid? No, it's as simple as this. Blinded by the enemy. How do you know, J.O.? Because I used to be there. I was so, oh my goodness. Whenever I was running with the devil, far left and far right wasn't even like spoken of. But I was far left and crazy. And I was blinded by the devil and deaf of the enemy. And it wasn't until God opened my eyes. So don't pin people as the enemy. They, they may be puppets at times. People may be ungodly, but they're not always your enemy. Are you following me? Yes. This goes into, I'm going to hit one lostology law tonight, one. The one is this. Being lost can be fun. I told you, you can be in the house so long that you forgot what it's like being on the outside. You can be insiders so long that you don't know how to reach the outsiders. It's my job to always kind of smack us around a little bit and remind us what it's like being in the world because God wants us to reach the world. So, you can be lost and have a lot of fun. 
If you view someone lost as having no purpose, no fun, they're just like, oh, I'm just lost. They, they have no excitement. They're just scared of hell. You may view them wrong at a lot of times. Because whenever I was lost, when I was lost, I had a lot of fun. I had a worldly purpose. I had a carnal vision. And I had lots of fun. Uh, I killed pain with drugs and other things. I knew how to fill the void, though I didn't know what the void was. But you better understand this. That fun when you're lost is only for a season. <laughs> it's only for a season. It's only for a season. We're going to hit that in just, a, in just a few minutes. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seems right to man. Boy, I was living it. But in its end, the way is death. Wow. Bam. True period. Bam. Now, because this is not a six or eight or 12 week class, that's how it was kind of birthed in the beginning because I was teaching it to an intern class. I forgot how many weeks it was, maybe eight or 12 weeks. We're going to get real, real fast in the parables tonight. Let me, let, me, let me show you a progression with the parables real quick. First of all, the first parable was a lost sheep. Say this with me, animal. animal. Okay, Valuable animal, but still an animal. And then we go a little more regression. Lost coin. Say that with me, lost coin. A little more valuable. She probably got this coin on the day that she was married. And the next one is a lost son. It's a whole different, that's a whole different level right there when you lose a son. Are you following me? Let's view the lost sheep as someone who has never known Jesus and all of a sudden... They're found, and they're back where they should be. Someone coming to know Christ for the first time, the lost sheep. Are you following me? Let's view the lost coin as someone who comes to church all the time, but they sat in the house where she found the coin. She found the coin in the house. Let's view the lost coin as someone who comes to church all the time, and they're lost. They come to know Christ. But the next one is the lost son, who I'm going to focus on for the next few minutes. The lost son, listen was in the father's house, knew Jesus, left the father's house, and then came back to the father's house. Are you following me? That's, that's important because there's a lot of people in America like that. So we're going to look right now, we're going to read in the scriptures like a lostologist. Are you with me? Okay, let's dive in. Pastor Don. Luke 15, 11 through 13. Then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. A lot can be said there. He got his... his you know, his dad's inheritance. Some people say that in that culture, that was okay to get it before the dad died. Some could look at that very disrespectful. But one thing that we do see is that this young man, this young man, he went to a far country and it shows something. The father didn't stop him from going. Everyone say free will. Free will. 
God gives every one of us in this room right here a choice and a free will. That's why kind of under the title it said self because we have a self, we have a selfish, we have a a self-will, we have a free will. And this guy is using his free will. And God doesn't get in the way of his choice and his free will. The father just let him go right there. Are you following that? The young man steps out of his father's house. As soon as he steps out of his father's house, that young man is lost. I need you to stay with me tonight. Everyone say lost. Lost. How many of you know that when you have a lot of money, that sometimes you have lots of friends? A lot of money, a lot of fentanyl, a lot of keggers. Whatever you're doing is a lot of girls. Whatever you got going on rolling with as a prodigal, you got lots of friends when you got lots of money going on, are you following that? Yeah. This kid, these friends are partying. They have lots of money. They have lots of friends, lots of fun times. How many of you know that that can change in a moment of time? Like, bam, some of you in this room right now know what that's like. All of a sudden, you're like, wow, that changed. We're going to read this scripture. Three major things happened in this scripture if you would read this right here. Luke 15, 14. Listen, three major things. But when he had spent all. Number one. Spent all. There goes the money. Mm-hmm. There arose a severe famine in that land. Broke and famine. Uh-oh. And he began to be in want. And he began to be in want. All of a sudden, things change really quick. He goes from, listen to this. you got to go with me. He goes from being lost to lost-er. <laughs> Let me give you the definition of lost-er. It's a true word. I don't care if you've never heard it. Because you know exactly what I'm talking about. What's the definition of loster? When you're lost and you keep going the wrong direction, in the wrong way, you're going to get loster. I don't care what you think. I don't care how much you think it's right. You, you are jacked up and you are getting loster. This guy stepped out of the house and he was lost and he kept going the wrong direction and he got loster. When you spend all your money, all the parties are gone, all the friends are gone, all the people are gone, you're in the midst of a famine. This brother's loster. All alone, drugs gone, wine dried up, broke, busted, hungry, and starving, you're loster. No friends, no fun, no food, all gone. Would you read 15? Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. He goes to a far country. Come on, lostologist. As far as I know, this is a Jewish kid. And now he's in a country, and they're raising pigs. I don't know if you know the Mosaic law, but pig was definitely one of those that was unclean, swine. And now this poor Jewish kid in a far country, broke, hungry, blew it all, no friends, by himself. Guess what he's doing? Feeding pigs. Now we go from lost to loster to lostest. That brother's 
He's basement, bottom, barrel, lost. That's when you're in a van down by the river. You ain't got no gas. You ain't got no friends. You're curled up in a little ball because you've been on meth or heroin or so much alcohol that you're just like, I'm losing my mind. This guy is bottom of the barrel, lost this. You may think that's a bad place to be. Some people in this room right here, right now, have been lost this before. Because either lostness will kill you, or it will kill you, or it will wake you up. You, one way or the other. I'm not talking about somebody, oh, he must be in the bottom of the barrel attic. He must be in the basement, but he keeps doing stupid stuff. He ain't in the basement yet, baby. Right, right, yeah. When you're in the bottom of the barrel basement, ain't nothing but one place to go, and that's up. Yeah. Or either de dead. <laughs> Remember that he traveled to a far country. Would you read 16? And he would gladly have filled his stomach with wow. the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. Lost, loster, lostus, no wild parties, no fentanyl, no inheritance, no girls, no keggers, no nothing, just pigs and pods. Pigs and, I don't even know what a pod is. But if a pig's eating it, I don't need to know. I raised a pig. The pig that I raised in South Carolina, would he eat anything but a cucumber? I don't know why they don't eat cucumbers, but they don't eat cucumbers. <laughs> but if a pig's eating a pod, I don't want to eat a pod. And all he has is pods and pigs. And I'm going to tell you something right now that you and I should be in this guy's journey the whole time. When he's lost, we should be there for him. When they're loster, don't go, dude, this guy's crack crazy, out of his mind. I'm out of here. Stay with him. Stay with them. When they're the lostest they ever been, stay with them. Because there's a season, say this with me, season. There's a season that's coming up. A season, as, as a lostologist, feel me, as a lostologist, you need to know that people are in seasons. They have a season of, I got all the money, I got all everything going on. That's a season. Oh, I'm partying, man. That's a season. Oh, I'm feeding pigs. That's a season. Oh, I don't have anything as severe. I'm losing my mind. That's a season. Always remember that people go through seasons and get ready. There's going to be a season that you can be in their life to catch them. And help them because their life is going to change real soon. I'm going to show you a season right here. Would you read this? But when he came to himself. Came to himself. Why would he come to himself? Because he was crazy. He lost his mind. There was a season where this guy lost his mind. But now he's coming to himself. He's coming out of lostest to loster 
And he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? He's coming to his senses. He's like, wow, I remember my father's house. (laughs) I didn't eat pods at my father's house. My servants are taken care of. My dad's servants are taken care of better than I am right now. There's no pigs in my daddy's house. You know, don't ever forget that fun party and all that. Just a, just a season. And when they lose their mind, it can be hard to stay friends with them. Because you're like, you just keep doing the crazy, stupid stuff over and over and over. Stay with them because it's a season. If you stay and you'll be the salt and the light, things are going to change in their life. Wait for the season. I remember all of a sudden I lost my mind, man. Lost my, after I went, you know, losing my parents and then losing my sister and just struggling with anxiety and panic. And I thought I was going I, I didn't feel real at times. I was just, and then, and then all of a sudden I started coming into my senses. And before I was born again, I started listening to Christian music and I carried a black Bible in my glove compartment. That, that's some seasons of coming to your senses. I didn't know how to read the Bible, but I could listen to worship or some Christian, you know, pop 40 or something, and it started impacting my life. Why? Because I was lostus, and now I'm loster. Because I'm headed back in the, at least back, I'm not found yet, but I'm headed in the right direction. Are you, are you feeling me? Read that next part. It gets good right here. I will arise and go to my father, and and I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Daddy, I'll be a slave. Uh, I'll just be a slave. I'm not worthy to wear your name. I am lost. Would you please take me back? Look what he says. And he arose and came to his father. What? Repeat that. And he arose and came to his father. He, so he was lostus, now loster, and now look, coming we, back to his father. Mm-hmm. Everyone say lost. lost. He's not arrived yet, but he's coming back. Pe- these are all seasons in people's life, you guys. Listen, look at me. There's seasons in people's life. And it's amazing that if you, in their life, I've seen it. When you walk with people and you don't forget them or you don't just kind of write them off, there'll be a time where God will use you in their life. Would you keep reading? But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. While he was still far off, the father, look, 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 saw him. Why did the Father see him? Because Jesus comes to seek and save that which was lost. From a distance, he's looking for him. Read that again. And still a great off. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. I could talk to you about the culture of that. I don't have time to that. But that was amazing that the father took off running like through the town, through the city, 
The, the, the father would never run in his robe, but he runs through the city, grabs his son, and it's like he's carrying his son through the town, taking all the shame that the son would get. The father's taking it, showing compassion, showing love. Wow. Go, go ahead, uh, Don. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and am no longer worthy to be called your son. And it's like the father just cuts him off. Just cut him off. It's like, I don't even want to hear that stuff. And look what the father says. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe. Best robe. And put it on him. And put a ring on his hand. My name. And sandals on his feet. No, you're not a slave. Because slaves would be barefooted. I'm going I'm to robe you in my grace. I'm going to robe you in my love. Robe you in my compassion. Bring the family ring. You're going to wear my name. I'm going to put sandals on your feet because you're no longer a slave. And th- th- just, just go ahead and read that little bit last. Or, or is there a bit? Le- yeah, yeah, yeah. Read that. And bring the fatted calf here. And- you skinny little meth head. Been out doing runs and heroin. Let's put some meat on your bones. Get the fattened calf. We're going to party. And let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. He was lost. But now he's found. I I, I don't even have time to go on the elderly brother. That's a whole nother. But the elder brother comes and he hears singing and dancing isn't that cool jesus didn't tell you to stop dancing he just said change partners just change partners you used to dance with the devil quit dancing with the devil change partners take away because he looked he had compassion he didn't bring just a robe he brought his best robe the family ring sandals you're not a slave and the fattened calf because my son was lost but now he's found I'm training you to be lostologists because there's people all around us everywhere who are lost and just like this young man prodigals and God wants to use you and I in their life in the seasons of their life to be there to catch them to lead them to guide them to direct them amen